there is something about this piece that cuts me to the quick that just touches me so so deeply and i resonate like it resonates with me in such a way that i am completely broken at the end of like every single scene mm. even the happy ones especially the happy ones mm. there aren't a lot of no that's it's true just per- it's just perfect well i'm very excited anyway. to hear you go on that journey and uh, I express all of these things. I'm going to try to like not cry. I'm going to really, I mean, I need to, I'm going to like need to try really hard. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. If, if people don't want to hear me completely lose it, find a different episode (laughs) of broadcast revisit. This is, this is, this is not the one to hear me be calm and composed and I don't know I mean Lily James does it for me anyway literally anytime I see her in anything I'm just like oh my god yeah I like the her. honesty the, the truth yeah. but then like throw in like Paul Dano and Tuppence I mean Tuppence Middleton Paul like, Dano's your boy Paul Dano's my Paul Dano has been my boy you love him very much that I know and the fact that he when I heard that he was playing Pierre my like brain exploded like there was just like so there were so many things tied up in this too that I think were like all kind of happening at the same time Mm. I don't know I don't know I don't know what it is about these fucking Russians that just make me they just speak directly to me Mm. Oh, anyway. Well, if you couldn't have guessed, we are here today to discuss the 2016 BBC miniseries adaptation of Leo Tolstoy's epic novel, War and Peace. No small thing to adapt what many consider the greatest novel haven't read, can't comment, but... I haven't finished. I've read... Uh, I, got a, I got a fair way into it. I have not finished it because it's... it's a that's one of those thing. books that it's like... That's like a, like a project you undertake in your life to like, I'm going to read War and Peace. Right. You know? Yeah. I haven't gone on that journey. Of Russian novels, I think honestly the only Russian novel I have read from start to finish is Crime and Punishment because I had to read it mm. in high school. Very nice. I do need to finish Anna Karenina. Yeah. I feel like I have though. Like I feel like I'm always surrounded by people who's for whom that is their favorite novel. Like it's Ashley's favorite novel. I'm pretty sure it's my brother's favorite novel. So like I feel like I read it. <laughs> right by osmosis you have you have gotten through Anna Karenina yeah easily, exactly easily at least once yeah but weirdly like I honestly knew nothing about War and Peace like I knew like that's the big book right. and I knew that wow. like I'd like knew of the show Grey Comet yeah but I and I like knew like okay so that's like part of the book but I, mm-hmm. I knew nothing about the story. I knew nothing about, like, any of it. So I went into this, watching this miniseries, like, completely blind. Like, didn't look up a synopsis. 
was like, take me there. Good. I love that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really, I sat last weekend. It was so nice. It was like the first like kind of gray, like really cozy fall day, which is just like the perfect conditions for this kind of miniseries, especially. Oh yeah. Like that's always like when, when the new seasons of the crown drop, that's always like what I do is like the Sunday of the weekend that it drops. I'm like, okay, clear my sketch. Let me wrap up in a blankie, light a candle and let Mm -hmm. me just watch 13 straight hours of the crown. It was like, that was sort of like, and I, but I didn't actually sit down to watch this with the intention of watching through the entire thing. I was like, oh, let me like watch two episodes and then I'll come back to it. But I was like, no, let's, let's keep it going. And I think that is like, I don't know. I mean, you tell me because you have seen this many times before, but like, I think the thing that I liked about it a lot is that like, it has a lot of the, you know, that very kind of classic architecture of the miniseries of like, we are adapting a great Russian novel Mm -hmm. in this way. And it's, but, and it's like, it's no surprise because it's Andrew Davies. Like, as soon as I looked up, I was like, this is really, the thing I like about it is that the writing feels very contemporary. Mm-hmm. Like the dialogue is quite contemporary in a lot of places. And it's a very, it's very traditional in the way you expect and in many ways want a BBC miniseries to be. Like it's not like reinventing the wheel stylistically in any way, but like- no, no. But it doesn't feel like stuffy. It doesn't like it was not like boring at any point. And the the writing felt really alive. Yes. Um, and that and then I like looked it up and I was like, oh, Andrew Davies, like, oh, of course. Who has written every British film you've ever loved? Like, you know, he wrote the Pride and Prejudice miniseries. He wrote god what else like everything like he's he has written everything yeah everything good andrew davies probably wrote it like and especially bbc adaptations like right daniel Miranda, bleak house da, 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 like he's the, list the king just goes on yeah he is the go-to <clears throat> if you want to have if you want to do this kind of mini series you can't you can't do better than getting andrew davies to write your adaptation and I think, and we'll say it again, just like we did for the Anna Karenina episode, I think a lot of it had to do with the translation, uh, the most recent splashy translation that came out like right before this. And it's once again, Pavir and Volokonsky. Mm. The, the couple that translates like all of the great... The yeah, great oh, that's Russian interesting. Pieces. Is so they did a War and Peace translation that came out around this? That I think... Or that know, he used as his source material? It might have even been in like 2009 that this that this one came out. Let me... Mm. I'm going to look really quick. 2007. But that's and, the translation he probably used. And, and, and the translation that I'm sure Dave Malloy used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
for Great Comet. And it's just, it's because they they translate Russian in such a, like a conversational, without it, you know, it doesn't feel like no fear Shakespeare, like that kind of bullshit. Right. It's right. like, no, this is what they were actually saying. And a lot of translators try to get too flowery and too, in in trying to like imbue it with like feeling, they actually get further away from the mm. intention of the author. And I feel like Pavir and Volokonsky, they bring it all back to earth. Like they mm. make it so accessible. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that this adapt or this translation had a lot to do with Great Comet coming out in 2013 and this coming out in 2016. And I feel like that I feel like this adaptation also had a lot to do. It does. I don't think it's an accident that it came out very close to like a few years after the Joe Wright, Anna Karenina. Oh, totally. Cause I think that was 2013. Hmm. No, it must've been 2012. Oh, maybe not then. I don't know why I was, <laughs> I remember it because. I went and saw it in theaters the night before I came out to all my friends because my plan was to go see the Joe Wright Anna Karenina with all my friends. And then we'd like have a little drink after and I would come out to all of them. And then, but then like everyone was really tired. So we just went home and nobody wanted to hang out. And I was like, God damn it. You were like, I had a whole evening planned. This was my night. This was supposed to be my night. So then I had to come out to them like piecemeal over the next day. That is brilliant, though. It was going to be a really nice time. You should have stood up in the middle of, (laughs) in the middle of, like, their sex scene in the field and just said, I'm gay. (laughs) Just. Just in the middle. It was at the little, too. (laughs) Just stand up in the little. The second she looks up and sees all the fireworks. (laughs) Here I am. You you said, I'm gay, too, Kira. (laughs) And Kira said, well done, Kate. Well done, you. Yeah. Well, uh, I will point once we get to to this part. There is a, there is an, not. It's not that it's unsuccessful. It's just like there's a moment where I'm like, okay, you're trying to be Joe Wright right now, but guess what? Only uh-huh. he can do that. Please. It's not a bad no. moment. It's uh, Andre and Natasha's waltz. The ball scene. I yeah. knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I was like, I see what you're trying to do. But unfortunately, that is copyright Joe Wright. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that I. Oh it's man, still a gorgeous I, moment. It's such a. Go- and like, yeah. the fact that it goes from like, you're hearing the ball music to like, you're hearing the. Oh, yeah. That piano Andre and is beautiful. Game. Yeah. That's a beautiful little it's piece of just, music. And it's like, and then it goes, it's like the music takes over from there and then it shows them like in their courtship and them dancing. So it's like. Yeah, yeah. No, time, it's a gorgeous sequence. Yeah. And I'm glad that they don't do a bunch of like time jumpy bullshit. Like, no, it's already, there are already so many pieces like on the chessboard to keep track of that you can't, you can't take this. Like with Jane Eyre. Um, the Carrie, um, uh, uh, Carrie Fukunaga, Fukunaga, Jesus. Okay. Um, like how they, they broke up the timeline to tell Jane's story. And it was like, oh, this is actually really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. 
because you're just following her. You know what I mean? She's yeah. the, y- y- she's leading you around. Um, whereas if they tried to do something like that with this, it would have been like completely nonsensical. No, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, that was the, the thing that really impressed me about this was like how easy it was to follow, you know? Yeah. Like I was like, Ooh, I'm, if I look away for a minute, I'm going to have no idea what's going on. <laughs> But like, that wasn't the case. I mean, like I paid t- attention while I was watching it, but like even the moments where I kind of was like, you know, stepped out of like, yeah. the battle scenes are like when I go check my email, like in and anything, it- in anything. Like, it's not that they were done badly. It's just like hit the snooze button when a battle scene comes on for me. 100% agree. And it's the uh, same thing in the book. It's like anytime he, it's just page upon page upon page of like, Everything that's happening at Bernardino, everything that's happening at, or um, uh, everything that's happening at uh, Austerlitz, like, yeah, get get me through this, like, yeah. get me to the end of this like philosophical rant because I want to know what Natasha's up to. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. I, need, I need to know that she's okay. Yeah, but it is like it's such a massive thing to undertake adapting something like this and there haven't been that many like compared to i and i may be completely making that up i don't know that i've like looked into it enough but compared to the like 50 jane Eyre adaptations we have or like (laughs) many anna karenina like anna karenina is a much more manageable story i think from an adaptation perspective because like you really have two stories going on it's it's levin and kitty and and Vronsky and Anna yeah this is like this like six-headed dragon of story <laughs> of like when even Tolstoy said that he was like this know. is not a novel he was like this is this is not even a it's not a poem it's not a historical account of yeah stuff he was just like it is it's like a bible it it's it like <laughs> It is what it is. Right. It's war and peace. It kind of is a different animal completely unto itself. It's WAP. Um, <laughs> W-A-P. W-A-P. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, I found it very accessible. I found it very... I don't know. It just moved really well. It nothing felt, nothing dragged, nothing like not even the battle scenes. Really, like they no. did kind of get in and get out. And there's not there's not one character that I'm like, oh god, I could go without another scene with this person. The there's closest little... I get, and I think you'll agree. I I feel like I know what you're gonna say, but I'm not gonna do that right now. Okay. You go. You go right ahead is Nikolai. Oh, yeah, you're right. I disagree. Oh, <laughs> I love I love him. I, I mean, I love the character, but I I'm I don't know. He he doesn't He doesn't deserve Jesse Buckley. Sorry. <gasps> he goes through a lot, but he was the he was the character that I felt the least emotionally invested in. Oh god. There's I mean, there is, I mean, the major one for me, like you'd think it would be like, oh, the war scenes are like him and Sonia or him and Maria. And it's like, no, 
it's the scene where he confesses to his dad that he lost like oh, yeah. three years worth of money. Yeah. And he is brutal. Just his face is like the change that he goes through in the, and like you're hearing Ilya's voice and you're watching Nikolai just like completely break apart. Oh my God. It's so gorgeous. It's so, it's so funny how much, so the, the director is Tom Harper not to be confused with Tom Hooper. And it, there were so many like Are we sure it's not just Tom Hooper slightly changing his name? That's his nom de plume. <laughs> That's his nom de plume. That's his yeah. Oh my god. But it's just Tom were... Hooper with a little mustache. <laughs> I'm Tom Harper. Um <laughs> but like there's one shot where they're going into the opera, and I was like, that is like a Tom Hooper shot. And and it's filmed, like you said, like they're not trying to. They're not breaking any molds. They're not reinventing the wheel, but something about like something he must have said to these actors to like get these performances out of them. That is, they're so honest and not like I'm playing the period or I'm playing the genre. It's so like, it's everything they're saying and doing and feeling and going through is like felt so deeply in all of these people, like top to bottom, like every single person is worth watching in this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, it's unbelievable. It's really- Yeah, there's no, there's, I mean, however I feel about like Nikolai as a character, like there's no bad performance in this. Right? Damn. Yeah, no, everybody is like, even the like more kind of cartoonishly villainous characters- uh like like helen oh tuppence middleton is so fucking good uh that like by the time you really get to the kind of you know when the her story kind of curdles into just being sort of pathetic and really tragic yes you're like like no part of you is like fuck around and find out bitch you're like oh (laughs) this is a this is a fallen woman (laughs) This poor like, fallen woman. How unfair for you know, yeah. Uh Anna Pavlov Pavlovna is like, oh blah blah blah, like go go f- tend to her. She's super lonely. And then turns around and is like, you can't come in here. <laughs> like you can't, you are not welcome. Like, girl, you set this up. Yeah. You told him to come to my house. Like, oh my God. But it's all it's the it's the thing that you said during the Anna Karenina. It's the performance of like adultery if it stays just a rumor then that's fine but if it's if it's you walking into my house fully pregnant like by somebody who is not your husband you are no longer a part of this play you are no longer a part you're no longer a piece on this chessboard no and she loses everything she sure does it's it's and it's like you genuinely feel bad for her. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, God, oof. So how do we want to do this, Carl? Just go part by part. Is that the Maybe way to go? Part, port by port. Yeah, yeah. Short by short. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> so coming in thing- hot with Jillian Anderson. Well, and I mean, 
speaking of hot, so the thing that I like that they sort of like break the um break into contemporary blah blah blahs is that the um even the costuming never seems stuffy. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, the costumes the co- are gorgeous. They're doing some sort. They said they said unforgettable asymmetrical situations on basically all of the women. Mm-hmm. Like you are coming in here with like a shoulder, a bare shoulder, like a swath of fabric. Like there is just something so yeah contemporary about the way they styled the women in this. That's like gorge. Yeah. And even like, and, and, and everybody is styled so well to the mood of the scene, like yeah. the ball scene Later on, I'm jumping ahead, but thinking of costumes, um, the military coat that Andre wears, he is a magical prince. Like, like, it's such a stunning coat that I'm just like, it's so perfect for what that scene has to do, you know, that he is, and Natasha looks amazing in that too, but it's just like, you know, the whole buildup is like, will he come ask me to dance? Like he is the most, he is the glimmering jewel at the center of this. He's the handsome prince. He's the handsome prince. And she is Cinderella in that moment. And then off they go. It's so, and even like Pierre looks great in that scene. Everybody in these like light colors and that, but the lighting is so warm. That's just a really beautifully designed sequence but all of it is all of it is at that level that's just the like when i think of the costumes in this that costume like actually like made me gasp it was so gorgeous that coat completely and you see he's like talking to pierre and you can't even focus on what pierre is saying because you're looking (laughs) at like the glistening like silver thread i mean is it thread is it beading it's just like he's literally like shimmering in this candlelight room yeah. Like, oh my God. It's, it's golden so golden prince. Yeah. I said, I said to Kendall, I was like, if I ever if I ever do like a Cinderella at some point, I am fully setting it like Russian, like Regency period. <laughs> like it is 1809, dead of winter, a glowing moon, and like white snow just like gently falling the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's all I want. Mm. for the ball like the ball scene that's that's all i want mm-hmm. anyway yeah so we meet i mean the dude the guy the man the tolstoy avatar <laughs> in all of this in episode one you sure do pierre, pierre bazukov Played by Paul Dano, who I believe is the only American in the cast. I think you're right. I think so. Because Gillian Anderson is like dual. She's her own thing. Yeah. (laughs) I like like how like at the Emmys, her acceptance speech, she used her American accent. And either that was because she was like in a room full of Brits and was self-conscious or she was just like, so wasted at that point because it was like <laughs> 3 a.m in england 
And she was like, thank you, like full American accent, winning for the crown. So like, <laughs> I feel like that the whole run of her winning for playing Margaret Thatcher was just like, she got the last laugh on all that. She's like, LOL, you people keep giving me these awards for like playing she a to space you- creature version of Margaret Thatcher. Like, fuck her, but thanks for the Emmy. <laughs> She wanted to let you know how different she actually is from Margaret. <laughs> right. like, I'm actually half American. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't know her. Like Mariah. I've Carey's been working in LA since I was her. like 16. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Brit for pay. She, she, Brit for pay. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Anyway, she pops up. I mean, her role in this is like small enough to be considered mostly a cameo. Totally. But she just appears as like the gossip. She's just like hosts her salons. Like her job is to be the keeper of the tea. (laughs) Completely. Like we, I have to get all these people in a room together so that like for the narrative, we can like have points of check-in. Exactly. You know. And kind of see sort of what the Greek chorus has to say about all that's going on. Yeah. And she's the purveyor of all of that. So that's where we start. Very, very clever way to do a lot of exposition in a very short amount of time is just everybody arriving at a party and finding out who's who. Done. And it's you'd and there it's one shot, like one long take. They keep doing these amazing camera like sweeps. Mm-hmm. through the crowd <clears throat> you know and we check in with Anna Pavlovna and Vasily uh Karagin zip over to Helene Karagin and Anatole bop over to Pierre like it's and then oh and then here's Prince Andre walking in like yeah you get to see all of the people and how they react to each other in this space too mm-hmm and like who's watching who and who's cracking jokes about whom and yeah yeah it's yeah. so it's so tight it is tight it's tight this... and you learned that oh god go ahead no i was just saying like just this cast is just like insane like you know taking it even back to just like as the credits of roll over the intro, every name that came up, I was like, what? 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 <laughs> what? Wait a minute, what? Wait. <laughs> what? They got to, like, I was like, Tom Burke is here? Brian Cox is here? Brian Cox is here, and Brian Cox looks 500 years old in this miniseries. Sure and then you go to Succession, and you're like, oh, oh, you... You're not. You like clean up all right, old man. You're not 500 years old. Interesting. And then you have, I mean, unknown to me, is Aisling? Ailing? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, As Sonia, who I'd never seen her. I, I, her face looked familiar to me, but I looked Mm -hmm. at her IMDb and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen you in anything, but she's gorgeous. She's really lovely in this. Yeah. She's very much like your type. Yeah. I mean, like, I love Lily James, but like, my girls are Sonia and Mario. Uh huh. 
I'm like, I'm with the poetry reading indoor girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it's just, oh my God, the whole thing is so good. Yeah. Where do we even... So we meet everybody at this party. So the big, the the kind of big set piece of the first episode is Pierre's father is dying. Yeah. And Pierre, and correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, Pierre is the bastard son of this very wealthy landowner. Yeah. Of a count. Of a count. Uh, Right, right, right. And... And there are others, there are other natural children of mm-hmm. this count, but he's, he is like very- He's the favorite. Pierre. He's like very digging on Pierre. Yeah. And he's like, if my stuff goes to anybody, it's going to go to you, not like the legal, I think his, uh, his one cousin, Katish, is who it's like supposed to go to legally. Right. If you're going by people who are like married into the family. Um, but he has like a second will or whatever that says, nope, Pierre gets my title. He gets my land. He gets my money, all of it. Um, and then it's his job to take care of all these other people. Right. And since people aren't sure if that's actually going to happen, they start to freak out and they're like, well, no, we're going to like hide the will. Um, Vasily like tells Katish to go get it. <laughs> and and uh, Anna Mikhailovna and her son Boris are like climbing. They're making that. They're, they're making like that truly like there is nothing going on with those characters beyond just like. Hey, and they, what's, like, they just pop up. They just like pop into these scenes where they're like, what's going on? Hey, uh, rich people, you all, you got a daughter that needs a husband? <laughs> what do you think of my boy Boris here? Hmm. Remember like just like shows up you? in the room as they're all like debating this will. And she's like, hey guys, what's going on? And she like <laughs> takes it, like physically wrestles it from this woman's hands. <laughs> like fights this woman. She's gets like, oh, will, hands it to Pierre, and is like, so you're gonna we give good? me something now. We're we're like, we're good, right? Like we're like I'm cool team now. I'm team Pierre, so yeah. Yeah. And scratch my back. I'll scratch and Pierre, yours. the thing I love about okay, so if I had to, so this is also oh god, mm. gross. But if I if I were to, uh, sorry, I have so many thoughts. In Great Comet, I would want to play Pierre. Oh yeah, but because I just like he he makes so much sense to me. He never has an answer and if he has an answer it's never usually the right one there's just something so like he's so lost he's so like he's hunting down the correct way to do everything philosophically and morally and just gets tripped up because he's also like but I love a party and like, I love women and I love, like, he's just so, he's so human and flawed and like, he's kind of chunky and like he eats too much and he drinks too much and he 
he chases after bears in the street with his friends and like they that's like that whole scene is they like tie a cop to a bear right they like tie a police officer to a bear because this is russia and that's what we do apparently um but like he's just like no i love i love drinking and i i don't really know what i'm doing with my life and then on top of that he gets this windfall of cash so now he's like respectable but is still doing all of that same shit yeah um so and kind of like always a little bit disoriented of like yes everybody always has the upper hand on him come you know like and his political view is he's very like he changes them all the time because he just well and i mean this is kind of it's kind of good he finds out new information and then changes his point of view because that's what a human would do but he like at first he's like yes napoleon oh my god what a cool dude and then by the middle of it he's like so how do i kill napoleon <laughs> like, <laughs> right like, oh my god you sweet stupid fool like just sit down like stop <laughs> yeah. you know just stay on your in your palace and like spend your money yeah, yeah. but I, I just cuckolded I well and that's the other thing he gets so everyone who at first was like oh god he's like an animal like get him out of here then they're like oh here you Pierre, you have to be at every party. You have to meet all these young girls. Like da 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 da. You have to. It's up to them to make themselves like interesting to you, yeah. not the other way around. Like you can have your pick because you're so rich. Yeah, right. And the most beautiful woman in Russia says, "This one's going to be my husband because he's easy to manipulate and he's the richest of all of my friends." Yep. And Helene Helene swoops in and makes it happen. She sure does. And like makes it happen simply by saying it did. <laughs> Literally. Literally, they're just at dinner and everyone starts clapping. And he's like, What, what happened? What he, just happened? He starts clapping too. He starts clapping Paul, too. That's really Paul, Paul Dano, his choices in this are so good. Yeah. He, and he's just like, What's going on? She's <laughs> like, like, We're engaged. <laughs> And he's like, oh, wow. Oh, oh okay. All right. All right. Cool. Oh, my God. I mean, God. like, that's good for me. Like, are you sure? Truly. Yeah. So Tuppence. Tuppence. A bag. Tuppence. A- <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say. Feed the birds. Is Tuppence Middleton, I'm sure I could just Google this. Is Tuppence Middleton related to the other Middletons? I do not believe so. Huh. I, she I feel looks like, like I she that. could be. Oh, yeah. She's Middleton like, is, I would imagine that's a fairly common British last name. Probably. She's great, I though. I up before. Yeah, she's amazing in this. And, and uh, let's talk about the... Uh, Lannister in the room uh this brother and sister fuck (laughs) (laughs) they do (laughs) don't tell me don't do not tell me that like like one night when it went a little too far and like everyone got a little confused 
Helen and Anatole have 100% like at least at minimum have like talked about maybe doing it. If not fully just fucked. They've both caught a finger. Yeah. From their sibling. That is genuine and, and true. Yeah. There's literally like, there's like not one, but like two scenes of him like literally playing with her. <laughs> like, good God. Oh, really? Oh my God. Oh, when they're that. when they're like in her like dressing room and she's like, oh, do that again. That felt good. Girl. That's some cruel intentions type of shit. Except they're biological siblings. Right? <laughs> they're they're they have the same mother and the same father. They are <laughs> can't even can't even give it the little twist of a half sibling. It's not even like oh yeah, straight no, up brother and sis. Lana staring at each other all day and all night. Brutal. But also, that's like the thing about Anatole is he is like he walks into the room and every man, woman, and child wants to get with him, like. Everybody across the board, it's like, oh, Anatole is like so sexy. And it's this casting is so interesting because the parts on their own, you would not say, oh, this is clearly the hottest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. But there is something about this actor that he is like, when he starts flirting with Natasha, my whole body just went like, Oh, oh, I get it. Oh my God. Like his, if that man walked into a room and was like. Paying attention to you. (laughs) Oh my God. Literally. And you know, those kinds of people who it's like, they're not like, you know, they're not like typically attractive, but they're so like. Yeah. Engaging. I don't know. And also his voice is so sexy. I think. Woof. Yeah. Delicious. He's he is on like a similar tip in um Emma. He plays Miss uh he's not Mr. Elton. Who is he? Oh right. Emma. He's um the The, um Frank Churchill. Frank Churchill. Yeah. Who's kind of rakish too. Yeah, he's he like a similar kind of thing where he like is engaged to to Jane Fairfax. Jane Fairfax and is like totally leading like, Emma on. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a little. Mm, he's a little snake. Always got. Always got a secret wife somewhere. That one. <laughs> that is like the if best. There's one thing you know. T- Callum Turner's got. If Callum Turner's in a movie, you know. He's got he's a wife got a girl in Poland somewhere else. <laughs> he's got a wife in Poland. Don't trust him. He's Do not trust today. this man. Do not trust this man. Sis. No. Um, <clears throat> anyway. So these two uh, hot, evil people. Literally like cruel intention style, like mean, rich hotties. Mm-hmm. Like Blair and Chuck. They have a certain Blair and Chuck from Gossip Girl energy, which is like only contributes to me being like, but they're fucking, right? <laughs> Completely. Yeah. 
they have pleasured each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So who are the families? Maybe that's like, you have the hmm. Rostovs. Yeah. And that's Nikolai, Natasha, Petya, Nikolai, Petya, Ilya. Petya. And her mom's name is Natalia as well. Played by Greta Scacchi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the you have of the BBC miniseries. Truly, truly. truly. Then you've got the Bazookovs. Which is mostly just Pierre. It's just Pierre and then Helen, Helene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other major family is the Bolkonskis. Bul- the Bolkonskis and the Karagans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Boris is... is Bor- Boris is a... Drubetskoy. Drubetskoy. Because his mom is Anna Mikhailovna Drubetskoy. Yeah. And he marries Julie Karagin. Got it. Yeah. Karagin. Yeah. Who's yeah, like yeah. a cousin of Helene and Anatole. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And the Bolkonskis yeah. are Andre, Maria. Yeah. And their father are those are there other siblings or is it those two? Because then there's like the French girl who is her true. companion. <laughs> Mademoiselle Borea. Yeah. Borea. And then their crazy father, <laughs> Prince Nikolai, who is yeah. Jim Broadbent. Oh yeah. god. He's he's so perfect in this, but like he's so he's so monstrous. So like literally walking, like I see you tarted up. Like Oh my god, like leave Jesse Buckley alone. Well, and it's so funny because Princess Mary, Princess Maria, um anybody else playing her, I would be like, oh my god, get with the program girl. Like <laughs> this like truly devout hyper Christian who is constantly crying about everything that's happening to her. But the yeah. fact that it's Jesse Buckley and she makes her so sympathetic mm-hmm. and and again just like this honesty this like raw like truth coming mm-hmm. from everybody um even jim broadbent like he believes in the things that he's doing and he he does his thing his life is completely regimented and that's why he's like alive and strong and walking around and like he keeps himself busy and he doesn't think about silly things he doesn't do anything like frivolous or superfluous and it's like okay like i don't like you but i understand you like i get why you're doing all of the shit you're doing yeah it's just such oh my god she's gorgeous i mean i love her in fucking anything i've seen her in she's Um, brilliant she's She's brilliant i mean i think i've talked about her juliet before but she like She's just fucking luminescent in that she's Romeo and Juliet. Um, but yeah, no, she's so tender, but not like weak. You know, she's not no. like the kind of like dowdy daughter. She's not like um, like little little Deberg in Pride and Prejudice, who's <laughs> just like literally like like wilting in the corner, just like eyes cast <laughs> down, like. 
or even Mary like Mary, Ill. Mary Bennett. <laughs> Mary Bennett. Just or Mary Bennett, that. yeah. Who's just like he's, yeah, she's not a sad sack. She's no. not like she's not like I don't know. And then you get these great scenes later on, like when she's like, "You would never say that if my father alive it was alive." Now get the horses, and she's like, "I'm still really scared." Like, yeah, she's just so vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, and not in yeah. like a not in like a sad sacky kind of way. Yeah, it's so great. She oh, has damn. a very very clear sense of for herself of like what yeah. is right. You know, she's like a Jane Eyre. Yeah. She's yeah. like devout and like she knows herself. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of things that I feel like. Well, anyway. Anyway. Sorry. That was not a sentence. And we also get Sonia. Oh, Sonia. Sonia, who gets the big the big song. I mean, there's a lot of songs, but like. Her, oh, she gets a big song in Great Comet. I feel like that's the that's the song that everybody always talks about is Sonia alone. Really, I feel like like no one else gets done a lot. Like I did, I did no one else at my concert, and I did Dust and Ashes, mm-hmm. um, which was only added because of Josh Groban. They needed to give Pierre like a big solo solo. Oh yeah. Um. And, but yeah, Sonia alone is beautiful. One of my students did that and I was she's like she was like this quirky interesting like 12 year old and I was like oh you need to sing Sonia alone yeah and um I don't I saw somebody at a cabaret I went to like two years ago I saw somebody sing it and I like I don't know if I even still have it but I the person I was there with like recorded it on their phone and I like watched it back like many times it was oh nice amazing it was yeah. so good. And I'd never heard the song. I don't think I'd heard any music from that show. And this girl sang Sonia alone and she did it so beautifully. I liked the way she sang it better than I don't. I, there's oh. something about the way Britton Ashford articulates that I'm like. Okay, she's very folksy. Oh, it's a little bit too showing. like samples and benign age. <laughs> I have avocado and, and bananas. <laughs> Welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> well, remember when I like when Emily and I first came to visit you in Chicago? I was on like a huge great comic kick mm. before the before it went to Broadway. Yeah, and I played the opera for you, and you were like, "This is fucking great comic!" Like. Oh yeah. I didn't know the style of the music at all. It's so like electronic and weird. And, and I was like, yeah, this is like the thing I've been like obsessing over for a year, (laughs) but you've heard me say it a million times that show never should have gone to Broadway. You have have said that. And I feel, I, I get it. I agree because I feel like what is so clear is that the people who those producers had no idea what to do with that material. And they just handled it really badly, trying to force in all this stunt casting and like doing it in a way that was just like really disrespectful to the people you hired to play these roles, you know? Like you can't just like kick somebody out of the part that they're playing. Be like, 
it was just so transparent and like just really tacky and yeah yeah um, it became a gross money grab where right that could have stayed off broadway you could bring in the same fucking people you want to cast and it could have been this little gem off broadway and yeah run for 50 years yeah but no 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 we always want to leap for the next branch before it actually appears so did it win the tony it won no it didn't what won 71st oh my god <laughs> is it dear evan hansen uh yeah i think probably hang on Yeah, it was Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. But I'm just like looking at the Wikipedia page for the for that Tony's, the 71st Tony's, and it's the one that Kevin Spacey hosted. And I just like his picture pops up and I'm like, oh, oh God. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's yeah, Dear Evan Hansen one for all of this. You know what I mean? Like they didn't even win direction for Rachel Chaffkin. Like. Josh Groban didn't even win. Yeah. Like, not that I think Josh Groban was doing something more than Ben Platt, because to be fair, I know that Ben, like on stage in person in 2017, clearly his performance was like the fucking thing. Like that, you know, I've just heard from so many people about how brilliant he was in that, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) interesting story be damned because yeah. <laughs> it is not an interesting story um and i'm glad you know what and i hate to i hate to be right for the wrong reasons um but boy oh boy do i love all of this dear evan hansen and hamilton slander that is all over the place now that i was like i was right the whole time <laughs> you yeah. assholes like yep. all of you made me seem like it made me feel like i was such a dick for being critical of these two shows and i was like no i'm just i'm you're you're showing me what is there and i'm telling you my experience of it yep and now and now both of those things are basically like not good anymore that's the thing it was just like in both cases they tried to capitalize on it in a different medium and failed yeah like i mean not like the well i don't even know i mean I, i wouldn't say the disney plus release of the film hamilton thing like was a failure by any stretch but like it made people watch that play again and oh, yeah. realize like a lot of flaws in it. These anyway. Times. Anyway. But you know, we were never gonna get through this without talking about Great Comet and and but it's the thing still- with Great Comet is like you could never tour that musical because it was so not think, that production of it, like because it was they, so site specific. I think they did and are. I'm almost positive. Well, and now the I rights mean, are, the rights have been released, so yeah. Keep an eye on me playing Pierre at some point in the near future. And, but that's like another thing is like, I could play that role today until I'm like 50 something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, 
if they were going to let Mandy Patinkin play that role, like <laughs> for real, I, I'm sorry. And I would happily play that role forever. Cause I, I love that play. I think it's gorgeous. I, I think it should have stayed off Broadway and ran for another hundred years. Cause it's so, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like I don't see anything here about it. Having started to tour. Oh, okay, good. But it does say there's going to be a West Coast production. Well, maybe it happened. It says spring of 2021 in Berkeley, oh. California. I don't know. But hmm. yeah, the licensing rights are available. Hmm. So. So where are we? Episode one. So Pierre's father dies. Yeah. And Pierre inherits everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mary's Helen. Mm-hmm. And Natasha's chillin. Yeah, then we take a peek at Natasha's life. She doesn't, she, yeah, she's kind of a background player for this early section. Yeah. Because her story doesn't, like, super kick into gear until all the stuff with Andre starts going down. Right. And Nikolai goes to war. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Russia's at war with France. Napoleon coming in. Yeah. Yep. Raw. <laughs> um, episode two, we got to the Battle of Austerlitz. Austerlitz, which was a big victory for the French. I, I know that mostly because of succession, because. Like I knew that going into this because of succession, because that's what, because Connor Roy, the Alan Ruck's character, he like is obsessed with Napoleon. Like he's a collector of like Napoleonica. Uh, oh my God. How and like has, I mean, truly like a Napoleon complex, but is um, he has this big ranch in New Mexico um, that he has named Austerlitz. So episode seven of season one, which is the, when the family all goes to therapy together at this compound, uh, that episode is called Austerlitz. Yes. So that's, that's where I learned what happened at the Battle of Austerlitz. But oh, we shit. see it here and Brian Cox is like, y'all better listen to me because I'm a good general. And then this bitch ass prince is like, um, why aren't we charging? That's Hawk literally like, the czar. That is that is Alexander of Russia. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, can we charge? And he's like, no. <laughs> but but I want to. Well, you can't. <laughs> and then he's like, but I'm it. telling you to do it anyway. Fine. <laughs> and then everyone gets slaughtered. <laughs> oh God. Who could have guessed, Alexander? Whoops. <laughs> look oh, at this little cat look at this little cat in the background here look at this puss <laughs> um yeah horrible battle i will say i really thought pierre was like really gonna be the guy that i really latched on to in this mm-hmm. and like i didn't not but like andre is my guy i knew it I knew you would love him. Andre is my guy. Yeah. 
You're such an Andre. Love Andre. <laughs> and James Norton just, oh. He's great. Brother. Yeah. It's such a fully felt, fully, fully armed performance. Mm-hmm. And didn't even really need to be. Like, he's he is like the dashing hero, you know? So, like, right. you don't expect the amount of depth and dimension that he gives to that role. Like, like he's not who I would have expected myself. I, I, I wouldn't have expected to find him the most interesting. Cause he's not like but the basic quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not like that kind of prince. Like he's fully married and is super depressed cause he's bored with his boring life. Yeah. And his wife, Lisa is like, she's described in the book. She's like, she's just this teeny tiny bright little light she's just Mm -hmm. like this ball of light literally because she's pregnant so she's like round and she's just like this sparkling little thing and she's like he hates me (laughs) she's like he is so depressed he's in the midst of a depression that he wants to go to war and leave me at his family house without any of my friends and and like He's just chucking me away into the country. Um, and Andre's like, I need you to shut up. I need you to like stop talking. Cause, cause you <laughs> you bore me. And everyone else is like, she's she's adorable. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And uh then she fucking dies in childbirth, of course, because how did any babies get born at that time? Like, I just don't get it. Listen, there's a lot in here. That speaks to something that we've talked about several times on this podcast, but hasn't come up in a while. Like my belief that like, I don't believe anyone could have survived any medical procedure like prior to the 20th century and even a lot of the early 20th century, like any, any depiction of medicine pre 1980, I'm like, they're going to fucking die. no. suspect (laughs) like later on they're like putting leeches on Natasha and like oh for fuck's sake like you can't kill Lily James well because and they don't go into it but I think that I feel like in the book she like tries to take something she like tries to take like either arsenic or something like that I think that's right I think that's right because I remember reading about it that's why she so they go from like the Pierre comforting her scene at the end of episode five and the beginning of episode six is her like completely just drained of like all life and energy and yeah um so great comet not to throw it back to that is all of great comet exists in episode five right right she and sonia go to moscow um she meets anatole they try to run off together. The plan is foiled and, and Pierre comforts her at the end. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole musical. Right. Which I'm glad that they didn't try to like, they didn't try to like lay Miz it and like yeah. do the whole thing. Cause they were just like, that's not, that's not the show. That's not like the story we're telling Yeah, with the music or with anything. Like this is the portion of war and peace that we were telling. Yeah. No, it's a smart, smart idea. We also get in episode two, 
I think we, well, we meet him in episode one, but Dolikov played by Ooh. an actor. I love very deeply Tom Burke. Hot. Love Tom Burke. If you haven't seen the movie, the souvenir Ooh. gorgeous movie. I think you would like it a lot. It's a very kind of slow, you know, two people talking quietly in rooms, but it's about this like young, it's by the filmmaker, Joanna Hogg. And Oh yeah. Uh, it stars honor Swinton Byrne, who is Tilda Swinton's daughter and Tilda Swinton is in it too. Um, but it's like a semi autobiographical film about her as a young film student sort of coming of age and finding herself in a relationship with this sort of rakish Flenner who is uh, in the film played by Tom Burke. And it's like about their relationship and he's so good in it. He's really good. He is somebody I've seen some people on Twitter be like, he should be considered for the next James Bond. I'm like, he's too funny looking. He's got a bit of a hair lip, but energy wise he'd be great i love and especially like in this like that he He looks so good in this (laughs) oh my god he looks so good in this when he eats the snow oh Mm. there's so many there are so many moments there's so many choices like if i had to list them all this is another reason like i was saying to you before i couldn't take notes on this right like the one note I took, and that this is actually something that I think we should talk about. Um, the one note I took is they're all children. Yeah. Everyone, all of the adults, all of the parents, all of the actual children, everyone in this story is a child. Mm-hmm. And they are wandering around trying to figure out what is going to make them happy. Mm-hmm. More so than I think like any other piece in, like in a very like gone with the windish kind of way mm. you're mm-hmm. all kids you're all kids you well and know, i think there's know. something to be found in that of what it's saying about the aristocracy and mm. and people at that level of wealth that yeah. they are so protected by their wealth Added. that Added, they yeah. they haven't had they haven't experienced reality in a way that makes them sort of infantilized you know and the thing is in this so in like gone with the wind it's sort of like they grow up yeah kind of i mean not even really because like her final thing is like uh you know home i'll go home and i'll think of some way to get him back yeah you know tomorrow what you're saying is like this is for every character a coming of age story completely but none of them really do i mean not really i mean i do think not natasha and pierre do i think i think i mean i think natasha does i think she does sort of come to this place of of i think they come to a place of wisdom about the simplicity that they prefer and like have seen have seen and experienced pain and and they they both walk away with a much firmer value system than they have at the beginning Um, i was explaining the plot to kendall and it just it still like knocks me on my ass just that they're 
her there the fun well and i mean you know spoiler alert to anybody who was waiting for us to get to the end of this um, spoiler for war and peace her <laughs> her and her her ending up with pierre and pierre ending up with with natasha it's not like this sort of like oh i love you blah blah no blah. andre it's is still so, her great love it's so much more about the respect that they have for each yeah. other and how much he's you know he's known her since she was a child mm-hmm. how much how much he truly respects and cares about her because he's always liked their family and he just knows that they're good people um and he knows that there's not like a you know she had a she had a she made a mistake she she yeah. went down the she was led down the primrose path by this like rakish man and yeah. he doesn't judge her for it or blame her yeah in fact quite the opposite he you know he says if i wasn't if i if i wasn't already attached to somebody i'd get down on one knee right now and ask you to marry me i would i would i would you know it's so beautiful like kate it's like and I, I'm, I'm glad I've gotten through like most, you know. You're holding it together. This first hour without crying, but like, yeah. It's but once so... we get to episode four, it's we're done. I just don't know. Kate Fleetwood <laughs> shows up. You know, something's <laughs> about to happen. You see Kate Fleetwood in anything? Run. Like, <laughs> if she you don't want to be touched, <laughs> if you don't want to be touched deeply, you better fucking <laughs> turn and run. She um, showed up and I was like, okay, I'm paying attention. Something is happening. Well, and we get we get the the thing that I feel like other adaptations, because this could be, you know, this could be anywhere in Europe. Sure. This is a very European Russia that we're seeing. But the music is so Russian. Right. And that's what this this adaptation, it's so like, and it does that great scene where they go to like the sort of outskirts of their town and they hang with their family that is more yeah. like fringe. Like yeah. they're a little bit more like well, old school Russia. Yeah. But let's and, put a pin in that because we, oh. I don't want to just, because pr- I, I want to talk about it when we get there because like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. going to be the whole conversation about episode four. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get back to Lisa and talk about that shit? Well, Lisa, but like, so in episode three, well, Andre is, he writes this letter the night before the Battle of Austerlitz, right? Yeah. Because Brian Cox is like, man, some motherfuckers are going to die in this battle. Well, and he says like, that's why I want to go. They're like it's yeah. seven thousand against like forty five hundred, like forty five thousand. Yeah. Like go if you want to, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, and like Brian Cox tells him like write home or somebody tells him like you should write to your family. Yeah. Um. And he like writes to Lisa, uh, and Maria, and has Daddy. this aside. I don't know if he puts it in the letter, but in his voiceover you know, or something, he's like, he writes these words of love to his family and how he like longs to see them again. And then he kind of says to himself, like, I would, 
uh, I would trade all of you for a chance at glory in battle and not in like a, you know, you know, that's my whole, it's not like a, like a showboating type of thing. It's not like a, an ego thing. It's like, it's, it's said in such a way where it's like, this is just who I am. Yeah. I'm going to die tomorrow. And I wouldn't choose, I would, this is the death I would choose for myself every time. This is the life I would choose for myself every time. Like I love my family, but there is nothing that would keep me from coming here. Um, you know, and then he goes and gets very, very badly injured. You think yeah. he's dead, but then he pops up at the end of the episode. Jesse Buck is like, oh, thank God, the doctor. The doctor at last. Well, and that's another like weird Maria thing. Is she she's you know praying at her little altar in her room? Because of course she has like a full-blown Russian Orthodox altar in her bedroom. Installed. Window like flies open and her maid goes and closes it, and she's like, ooh, a carriage. And you think it's the doctor, and guess what? It's both the doctor and And Gray. Brosef. And then yeah. Lisa dies. He shows up right in time for Lisa to have his baby uh, and die. Now he's got a kid. He's got a baby. Um, episode three. So episode three is where is this when um, Pierre well Pierre is just being cuckolded left and right. Kind of, but there's like a big one. There's like the big one. But that's this. That people tell them like, people like send him a letter and they're like, girl. Yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah. I mean, literally in part two, Dolokhov, like in every scene he has with Pierre, he's like, I'm going to fuck your wife. Oh my God. It's so brutal. It's brutal. And it's so shameless. And I'm like, this guy sucks. He's a bad friend to everybody. Well, and the thing that he does is he takes, he'll like take a piece of meat off of Pierre's plate yeah. and say, he says like, oh, isn't it funny how it always tastes better off of somebody, some other, another man's plate. Like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> and like Helene is doing her very best. Like, oh, I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, I don't like, like your, your disgusting I wish, friend. I wish he call. wasn't here with us. I wish he wasn't here. I wish he wasn't here. And then they just get railed on a table in the next moment. I'm on that dinner table full of cutlery and flatware. And she's just getting slammed. (laughs) I mean, just. He said, but Helene Bezukova girl. Yeah. There's a great little thing that Paul Dana does in a scene where one of these scenes where she comes to him and is like, mm, Dolokhov's disgusting. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and he's like, I'm going to go to this dinner. And she's like, you go to that dinner. I'm not going to come with you. Yeah. And then she leaves and he like sits down and he's kind of starting to figure out like what's going on. And he does this like, like, like he's tasted oh. something bad. 
He's so smart. He's so smart. Like he sticks his tongue out a little bit, but it's like, it's like there's something, there's a foul taste in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. It's a great little beat. Um, and then that explodes. And I, and then episode three starts, I believe with the duel. I think you're right. So it's different because depending on where you watched it, like the thing that I watched is eight episodes. Oh. And there, there's like a six episode version of it. Yeah, I watched six episodes. Okay. The one that I watched was like eight. So like Lisa dies at the end of two or like something like that. Like it's very, it's like it's split up differently. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Where like did you watch ends, it? The, the, I, I have just like the DVD, like the BBC. Oh, and it puts it into eight episodes. Yeah. And like whatever episode begins with him out of focus, like holding the dueling gun. Yeah. Okay. Cause um, on IMDb, it just says the six. episode before that. Interesting. Yeah. No, mine's got eight episodes. It's two discs and it's four episodes each, which is how they released it in the U S huh. yeah. But I know that the original like UK one was six. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they duel. Well, and the best thing that he like sna- so they're at this dinner and Dolokhov snatches like like the program or like the menu or something out of Pierre's hand and Pierre freaks out. And it's like, you will not take what is mine. Like, how dare you touch my shit? And he's like, dude, calm down. What are you talking about? And he's like, I challenge you. And it's like, Pierre, the fat, lazy, dorky friend who's like simple, is challenging literally the best fighter in Russia to a duel. This is like a huge deal. This is a massive deal. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, girl, you're going to die. They, and, and, and <laughs> the best thing. And I love, like, even Denisov, I fucking love him. Yeah. He's so great. But like, so like you were saying, this next episode starts and they're like preparing for the duel. And he's like, can you like explain, like remind me how the gun works? And Denisov gets this look on his face and he's like, oh my fucking God, you don't even know how a gun works. <laughs> like, you don't even know to just like, squeeze the trigger like what is going on with you boy but hey look what happens and doesn't he just pops off one shot and dolikov is down down and he does this great like he bites the snow and like chews on it and then shoots his gun and clearly misses like misses here by a mile and then he does this great thing. Uh, Nikolai runs over to him and, is, and they're about to get him into the carriage. And he's like, she can't see me die. And you're like, as the audience, you're like, oh, is he talking about Hel- Helene? And he's like, my angel mother, like she, my, my angel mother can't, can't watch me die. And I'm just like, oh, so, Do- so I'm supposed to like Dolokhov now. Cool. Like, it's just so every single character gets their moment in the sun it's so so lovely yeah 
And he really comes a long way by the end. Oh, yeah. They That's all do. Thing. Yeah, they all do. Even fucking Anatole does. Yeah. Deeply. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's, in part three, at least from what I was watching, like, you get to, um, well, uh, yeah, so after the duel, mm. that's when he, then Pierre has this encounter with a Freemason. Oh, yeah. And yeah. joins the Freemasons to live a simpler, more other-centered life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and goes off to kind of, live on his land and you know in the same like the thing is like pierre and levin in anna Karenina are like pretty much the same character completely you know as the tolstoy avatars 100 percent um whereas like i'd rather just be like i'm gonna be the benevolent master and like try to relate to my servants but they will be like stop <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing here? Like, stop. <laughs> You're our boss. Like, don't pretend you can, like, hang. We're, we're good. Like, just, just. We like you fine, but we like you like, Right. Like, like, we all think you're cool, Pierre. Like, that's, like, don't worry. We all think you're fine. So like, don't try. Stop, to... like, pretending that you want to do any of this. You're cooler when you don't try to be cool. Exactly. Exactly. Pierre. I feel like I need like I need like a little work done. <laughs> Do you want to put a filter oh. on your Zoom? Uh camera? it's up. It's up to the max. <laughs> this is an airbrushed version of what I really am. <laughs> mm. Mm. Whatever, I'm still young and beautiful. I'm only thirty. That's right. That's right. And I um, just got married. <laughs> you just got married. Oh, did we did we talk about this on the? Oh, so it's Halloween, everybody. It's listen, yeah, we're recording this, on Halloween. We're, we're recording on Halloween. Kate married me earlier this month to my to my husband, which was very very beautiful, and it was just tucked away in a little little secret part of a park in rochester new york and it was there were five of us there and it was just delicious yeah yep we just did a little did a little duty do overseen by hawks the like very several hawks like falcons (laughs) like i know that hawks and falcons are not the same thing but they were they were literally hawks anyway yeah We can cut all that. <laughs> I don't want to. <gasps> oh. <laughs> so what happens next? Me crying a lot. He joins the Freemasons. Andre comes to see him. And they have a little like heart to heart where Andre is like, I'm done with war. I want to just like chill. Oh. I'm going to join the local militia. I'm going to like be a good brother to Maria and I'm just going to like kick it, raise my son. And I, 
I am done with my pursuit of glory on the battlefield. Like that is, I'd rather be alive. I'm realizing that I am glad I'm alive and, and would like to keep it that way. Um, And then, you know, meanwhile, word has, has obviously gotten around about what has happened to Pierre's marriage that he and Helene are basically completely estranged now. Uh, Not divorce. That's like not even really an option. No. Uh, They like live in different cities and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the marriage is, is, is over by all, by everyone's understanding. Um, So he's just like, yeah, man, me too. Like, I'm just going to like eat some bread and cheese and drink wine and live in my farm and be a Freemason and just like try to be a good master, like trying to just like be a good landowner. But he and does a good count. And he like, says to Andre, like, there's more for you out there. Right, right. Like, He's like, so, you should go get married. Like, you should find so love. so young, you yeah. should, like, go try to taste a little bit more of life before you just kick it here. Yeah. And then uh, Nikolai uh, uh, Bolkonsky is like, oh, you need to go to the Rostovas <laughs> at, in Petersburg. That's where they are, right? St. Petersburg? That's where we're like hanging out now. Yeah. Um, Come visit my fam. Oh, because we also get, we also get the gorgeous scene of Nikolai. um, Asking money after he, so Dolokhov proposes to Sonia. Sonia is in love with Nikolai and says, yeah, we haven't really touched on that at all. Yeah. Nikolai and Sonia. So basically like Sonia is, Sort of like the ward of, yeah, the Rost, Rost Rostovs. Rost, Rostovs, yeah. Um, she's their cousin too. Their cousin, yeah, who like lives with them, kind of as like their their ward, as their like, yeah. you know, a sister figure to Natasha. But yeah, when it needs when we all need reminding that she is not actually a part of this immediate family. They are, they are all too quick to give her that reminder. The, I mean, the mom, the mom <laughs> yeah. is the mom. Natalia, is. Natalia very much. Yeah. Is. And she's kind of because the only voice of that, that, but she's this, like, she sees that this thing is happening between. Yeah. Nikolai and Sonia. And yeah. So Sonia is like hopelessly in love with Nikolai. Has been for years. And Nikolai, it's a really interesting relationship because it's not that he doesn't reciprocate. Like, no, he does. But he also is sort of like, I have love for you and I will like Mm -hmm. happily marry you. But like when they but he comes to that later, like when when that coupling kind of gets off the ground, there's this strange caveat with it where Nikolai's like. I might fall in love with someone else, just like so you know. <laughs> like Literally. this is this is chill for now, but like don't hold me to this. And not in a dickish way, just in a way that's like kind of like I know that I don't feel as strongly for you as you do for me. So like I just want you to know that because I'm scared that I'm gonna like 
break your heart at some point. And he's like, my family fully expects me to marry someone who is right. not. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like, this would not be, I have to marry somebody rich, like kind of period. Like, yeah, it becomes a crisis that, that he later. Need yeah. Marry somebody rich because of what you're about to describe. But like, yeah, it's not, he's not uninterested in Sonia. He does, no, you know, there's that gorgeous scene that we we will get to in episode four between them and the barn, but like, but it's interesting. He's, you know, as much as he felt the least emotionally accessible for me, like he is complex emotionally. Cause I feel like he's very honest about like, I don't know that I care about this. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know that I care about you the way, certainly not the way you do about me. Right. You know, he's the only one who seems really like open to being like, no, I think my feelings are going to change about this as time goes on. I think my feelings about everything are going to change as time goes on. He, It's not that he lacks conviction. He's no. just like very self-aware of like, I'm just going to go with the flow, baby. <laughs> Sonia, I love you. I'm down for this, but like, you can't lock me down. <laughs> and like, he can't really give her, like if they were to marry, it would, they would, it would just continue. Yeah. There's nothing that either of them are really giving each other. It's not like no. her status rises or his status rises or either. No. of it's, it's a lateral move. They're working from the same pool of money because she already lives with him. <laughs> like, right, right, right. There's no, there's they no, are first cousins. <laughs> there's no coffer like yeah. that one of them has hidden away. Right, exactly. Like Dolokhov has been like, he was staying with Pierre, he fucked Helene, he got dueled, and is now convalescing with the Rostovs. So Nikolai is like, yeah, my my good friend Dolokhov is like coming to stay with us, blah, blah, blah. Dolokhov is being like weirdly passive aggressive with him already, like in that like fighting with their practicing, you know, sword play in the barn. And he like gets very aggressive. And then he proposes to Sonia and Sonia turns him down. And talk about very passive aggressively plays cards with Nikolai and <laughs> through a, in the course of a night basically gets like three years worth of money off of Nikolai. Like, like at least three years. Yeah. Cr- a crazy, crazy amount of money. And like enough to plunge the family into debt. And the Ilya's accountant had already said, like, you need to cool it with the spending because like things are getting tight around here. Like you need to stop. And he's like, oh, okay, we'll be a little bit more frugal. I understand. Blah, blah, blah. And then like he leaves and Nikolai is like, hi, I need like 43,000 rubles. Or whatever and Ilya, Ilya is like are you kidding are, is this a joke and you hear him sort of muttering to Ilya muttering to himself and he's like well you know these things happen and you know you're only young once and da 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 and 
Nick, the camera is on Nikolai's face and he, you just see his like forehead start to crinkle and his eyes start welling up with tears. And he just runs to his father and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's, it is honestly the most beautiful, like father son scene, I think in all of cinema. And yes, I'm being hyperbolic and yes, I mean it because <laughs> I mean, name a better one. Sorry. Maybe something from Godfather, but Jesus Christ, it's like two people being super, super vulnerable. They're not lashing out at each other. They're not like fighting. They're just both like, oh, this sucks so bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't blame you because I, I know how much money, you know, money means to like a young kid who's probably showing off for all of his friends, Mm -hmm. but like, we are already in debt, Nikolai. Like, it's just so, it's such a beautiful scene. I think it's so, it's so, it's handled so beautifully. It is a beautiful scene. And it's just, he just, he knows, part of the tragedy of it is that like, it's one thing of him coming in there of, of a father son dynamic where he's going to come in and give this news and expecting his father to be like, like Jim Broadbent in that situation, like probably fucking kill him. You know, he's not, he's not tail between his legs expecting a lashing for this. It's Mm -hmm. part of what kills him and the guilt that crushes him is that he knows his father is going to give him this money and is yep. going to be kind to him yep. and will will wear the face of you know yep it it happens these things happen of course we'll take care of it and uh, for don't think twice had- about it and like that is what kills him is for like who's had to be have- mad at me like tell me I'm a piece of shit for doing this, but he knows his father can do that. But that is what's so painful for him. It's like, I know that I have just ruined our family and you're still going to like, give me a hug and tell me everything's going to be okay. And like, I can't cope with that. And I can't cope with the guilt that I feel. And I can't cope with going unpunished for right. this. They're both just such lovely, caring men, and they're yeah. played by, I mean, these actors handle the scenes so beautifully. And it, it's just like, for anyone who's had to sit down and have that, like, a very frank conversation with a parent in their, like, adulthood and just has had to say, like, this is a large amount of money, and I, I, I do not know what else to say, but I need it. Yeah. And... And anyone who has been given even even like a gift of something like that, not even like a loan, like, yeah, it's so hard. And you watch you watch Nikolai do it, and this actor just fucking nails it. Yeah, it's truly truly lovely. Yeah. So so that happens. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the love story of Andre and Natasha. Yep. And And it's not a Tolstoy novel. If someone's not in a carriage looking into a field, into a field and the love of their life, 
you know, in, in Anna Karenina Levin, he's the one in the field and he sees Kitty in the carriage from the field. Mm. War and Peace, guess wow. what? Hit him with a twist. <laughs> we swapped. <laughs> Mix, mixing it up for mixing the walk. Mixing it up. Swap. Tolstoy mixed it up. This time, Andre is in the carriage and he sees Natasha just like rom- like romping around a field with her sisters and cousins. Well, Lily James has always done this great blend of like, I am a woman g- girl. I am a little girl who is actually a woman. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so like, honest to fuck, not since Audrey Hepburn, have we seen this blend of like, playful energy like even Saoirse Ronan Saoirse Ronan was born a 50 year old with three kids yeah Saoirse Ronan is not like I mean I would say I think Keira Knightley gets close I I, but I think Keira Knightley has more of an edge than Lily James does yes exactly exactly like Lily James is like she's like an like you know when you crack an egg and it's just like the sunny side up. She's mm-hmm. like that, like that glowy yellow white, like, but not stupid. She's not, no. there's nothing about any Lily James like character that screams like I'm dumb or like I'm no. in which no. is why I'm so excited to see her play Pam Anderson. Cause I don't think Pam Anderson is dumb at all. Yeah, um, no. I think she's going to give, a very intelligent portrayal of a really intelligent woman who knew exactly what she was selling. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Lily James just has that, like that open face egg fried, fried egg sandwich. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? She's yeah. open face turkey saying just like, I don't know. And like, even the way that like when Andre's coach goes by and she like looks over the field and she's like, <laughs> she's just like oh my god a boy who are you who yeah are you, girl woman like i don't understand yeah it's so beautiful it's so lovely and then they're like jamming <laughs> they're smacking that piano <laughs> laying down oh that scene floors. and that scene is um I love the moment where it's like sunset kind of, it's like really like dusk and oh. her and Sonia are just sort of sitting out on their balcony singing together. And Andre like leans out the window. It's this beautiful little, like kind of like pastoral little moment. It's gorgeous. Oh, that's like. Those are the like- kinds of moments that get interjected and, and tossed in here that I'm like, yeah, this is like, it's a great touch. And like in the musical, you don't get any moments of like Andre and Natasha being in love together. Right. Because it's positive that no one else, the song, no one else comes from that scene. Cause the lyric it's, it's, she's talking about the moon and she says the thing about like, um, I wish I could, you know, I wish I'll, you know, hug my knees like close to my body and then I'll fly away. Like, Mm. and and in the scene, she's like, I feel like I could just fly. Like, should I try it out? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's just all this, 
this from Natasha's perspective, like what this love is like doing to her physically. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not, oh, I feel like I'm dying of love. I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm being strangled by love. She's like, no, I could just fly. Yeah. Like if I just stepped over this railing, I would, I would float. And yeah. all I can see is the moon. Yeah. Like it's just so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and then we every word. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and of course he's feeling the same way. And then we get into this ball scene where we've, we've kind of touched on it before. We're just everything, the, the moment of it is, and this kind of occasion of it uh, is really like just baked into every element of the moment is everyone looks amazing. Everyone is in, it's like this sort of fairy tale. Yeah. Experience. Everyone's in like, like creams and whites. And yeah. Snow. And it's yeah. this really ethereal sort of out of a dream vision of everything Candles you want the aristocracy, the Russian aristocracy to look like. And then sure. here yeah. he comes in this, spectacular shimmering military coat and she's just like that is my man <laughs> yeah and like she's he's... you know she's like so nervous and no yeah. one has asked her to dance yet and she's like right fuck day one out in you know petersburg society yeah i am and no one is talking to me and the person that comes up to her is the is the man of her dreams yeah and he doesn't, you know, he asks her mom yeah. if, if she can dance. Like, it's just so, it's... It is full oh, on Prince Charming. It's handled so well. Yeah. Oh, she'd be delighted. Like, yeah, yeah I'll be fucking delighted. Like, uh, get over here. And they do the, the hand around the waist. Oh, my God. That and there's that beautiful cutaway to Pierre watching them dance. And his, yeah. and him seeing, seeing them fall in love in that moment, you know, he's, he knows what he's watching and there's not really, it's not there. Obviously there's no jealousy because he, he's not no. capable of that. And he's, he's happy so happy that she, he's so happy to see these two people he loves be happy together and, and be each other's happiness. Literally nothing could make him happier. It, yeah. it, it's so perfect I think any She's, melancholy that reads in his face in that moment is not about like oh I've lost her to him it's like these are my two best friends you know what is my role going to be in this now because they they don't need anything more than each other yeah you know and I'm stuck so, with I'm stuck slutty, with this fucking slut <laughs> hot pants over here <laughs> and make it her way through our friend book you know i don't know who she's with right now but it's not me another dubatskoy uh <laughs> Dubats? Dubatskoy, uh... yeah yeah oh it's... but we do... and then the only other part is natasha does turn down a little sad marriage proposal earlier on <gasps> it's a lovely little moment so good right after a uh uh oh what was it called mazurka mm. 
know. They dance the mazurka together. Yeah. And, and it's such a charming little moment mm-hmm. where he's, he's like, like, he's I'm, so cute. Yeah. She could have done a lot worse, you know? She could have done a lot worse. She's could've like, done a lot worse. I know my man is going to drive by in a carriage any day now. Well, or has that already happened? No, I think it's like right before it's right before he like comes. Hmm. So she doesn't, she just knows that it's not him. Yeah. Oh, mm. these Russians really tear me apart. I even just like talking to Kendall. Cause I was, like I said, I was like explaining what sort of happens, like a very like reader's digest version of what goes on. And just like, I cannot finish a fucking sentence when I'm like describing these scenes to people. Cause yeah. it's just, it just like, it makes so much sense to me. I have, I don't understand why. Like even I can talk about Mildred Pierce and not cry this much. You know what I mean? And Mildred Pierce, I think is like the best miniseries ever made. Yeah. But this is just so fine. It's so finely crafted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. So we get these babies together. Nikolai says, Mom, I'm marrying Sonia. That's all there is to it. And I'm going to war. That's it. And then Andre, I don't remember if it's at the end of part three. Well. Yeah. The condition, the condition is put on at the beginning of part four, isn't it? In my version, all of this happens before episode five. Okay. So Andre, Andre is like, they, you know, they kiss in the snow and yeah, he's, it's just understood. Like, no, we're going to, I'm going to propose to you. We're going to get married. Um, And he goes to crazy old dad, Jim Broadbent. Crazy old Maurice. Crazy old Maurice. (laughs) Crazy old Prince, Maurice. Prince Jim Broadbent. Uh, and he's like, you're insane. You don't want to marry this girl. I don't believe you. You need to go sow your oats a bit more. You've been at war. Your wife died. Like, you're out of sorts. You're just, like, grasping at straws right now. And this, like, pretty thing comes along. Like, fuck off, man. You're going to have to go to Europe. Spend a year getting your head right. And experiencing some other things. And if you come back in a year and you still want to marry this girl, then you can marry her. Well, and he says, like, because he does have a wound that he's like still he's still healing from. Right. From the war. So he's like, right. go to go to Switzerland, you know, take the waters and and get get right. Yeah. And then and then see. Yeah. And then that sets us off on a whole world of trouble with Miss Natasha. A whirlwind adventure. Yep. <laughs>